And welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. And I'm Lori Sox. Today is a really exciting interview. So exciting. We are joined by Ed Casagrande and Matt McNeil from the Canadian Down Syndrome Society. The Canadian Down Syndrome Society has this amazing initiative called Project Understood. Project Understood is a collaboration between the Canadian Down Syndrome Society and Google AI. And they're creating a database that can help train Google's speech recognition technology to better understand people with Down syndrome. And what I want to do is I want to give a, just a huge kudos to Google for being the front runner on this. Because when you have a major corporation that steps up and makes you part of the conversation then you become part of the conversation. And I think that's what we want. We want to be heard. We want our children to be heard. We want our community to be heard. And they are literally making it possible for us to be heard and understood. It's, it's inclusion at its, its finest point. It's, it's what we fight for in society, in education, and now Google has teamed up with the Canadian Down Syndrome Society to say, we're going to give you that support so you are part of the conversation. And it's been long awaited and should be celebrated. And so uh, thank you, Google, because I, I hope many follow in your footsteps. An actual part of our uh, speech therapy training that we do with Liam, you know, we try to incorporate fun little games, is we work with our home virtual assistant and work with Liam to do um, commands. And when it actually understands him or he gets it to work, it, I, we always celebrate it. Yeah. So we're so we're looking forward to this technology and we can't wait to learn more about it. You know, speech recognition is something I use on a daily basis in my life with texting or even email. And it's really nice to think that this is something that our kids will be able to use in the future. Both of our kids. Absolutely. Okay, now first I want to give a quick shout out to Kristen Wait, wait, Halpin. wait, wait, wait. Do we have a bell? We have to give a proper, <laughs> we have to do a proper shout There's out here. Bell. Wait, hold on. Don't, don't ask me why I have a bell so close. So, <laughs> wait, here's our shout out. Yeah, so that's for Kristen. Kristen Halpin, who is the marketing and communications manager at CDSS. And she was so helpful in coordinating and her communication was, was wonderful. But she was so helpful in coordinating the Skype interview today. Okay, so let's get started. Ed and Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Us. Maybe we could talk a little bit first, uh, if you could just introduce yourselves. Can we start with you, Ed? If you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about uh, how you got involved in, uh, in this project. Yeah. Hi, uh, my name is Ed Casagrande. I'm the chair uh, of the board for the Canadian Down Syndrome Society. I've been on the board for just over five years and joined the board just after the birth of my daughter, Emma, who's now six. Emma has Down syndrome along, and I have two other boys, Peter, who's eight, Tommy, who's four. I have a marketing background and felt I could bring 
some of that communications and marketing background to the board or to the, the Canadian Downstream Society in terms of raising awareness on some uh, key issues and opportunities and uh, hopefully change some public perception. Thank you. And Matt? Awesome. My name is Matt McNeil. I'm also part of the Canadian Downstream Society. I'm also the um, South IBC Committee Chair and also called VADA. We help Canadian Downstream Society a lot of stuff with the VADA group. Yeah, as self-advocates, you know, Matt and his team provide, obviously, great insights uh, for us, especially when we're trying to create, you know, awareness campaigns and really understanding real-life challenges and opportunities uh, that someone with Down syndrome would face. And while we have, you know, many people with Down syndrome in our lives, it's great to get that firsthand information from self-advocates. So Matt is the chair of the VADA group which is uh, Voices at the Table for Advocacy. It's our self-advocate group at the Canadian Down Syndrome Society. And I know you've both done so much for the Canadian Down Syndrome Society, but today we'll talk specifically about Project Understood, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about that project. Yeah, so for the past four years, the Canadian Down Syndrome Society puts out a, a major awareness campaign uh, during the first week of November, and that coincides with Canadian Down Syndrome Week. We start the process on trying to tackle some, you know, real situations, opportunities, real life scenarios. You know, we've focused in the past in terms of handling some of the myths when it comes to Down syndrome, um, you know, providing resources, uh, you know, speaking to some of the um, the limitations to to support for people with Down syndrome. So we, you know, we kind of, we, we tend to tackle different issues over the years. So early in 2019, we sat down, you know, and, and started discussing, you know, what should we be focusing on? So we reached out to the VADA group, so Voices at the Table for Advocacy, and, you know, we just had dialogue to understand, you know, what, what should we be focusing on? What are some real life opportunities, challenges that, that you're going through? And what came up in those discussions a lot was accessibility. You know, the the frustrations of not being able to do something uh, because of X, Y, and Z. And while we continue to have those discussions, you know, technology kept coming up and how some of the challenges around technology where, you know, it's meant to, to make things easier, but in fact, for some, it, it makes things a little bit harder. You know, we have a, a great communications partner, uh, FCB, um, who have offices around the world, but we, we deal with the FCB Canada uh, team uh, who's been working with us over the years to come up with these projects. So when we, when we landed on accessibility and then, you know, through the discussions, technology, and then it evolved to voice technology and, with someone with different speech patterns, there are even more challenges. Like, you know, we, a, a typical person experiences challenges with, with voice technology, you know, when you're speaking into your whatever device you have. And, you know, sometimes it comes back saying something totally different than what you've, uh, what you said. So, you know, just picture that happening more often with someone with Down syndrome. So, you know, we were in this area for voice technology. So then, you know, the team kind of went off and kind of did some research and came across uh, an initiative that Google AI is doing called Project Euphonia, where, you know, they were looking at speech impairments, uh, you know, different speech patterns with the ALS community. And, you know, they were just at the, you know, looking at their technology with those speech patterns. So we approached them 
with the idea of um, you know bringing Down syndrome as part of the the scope of this project, and from there you know that that sparked the discussions and 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 let, you know brought us to this campaign where we were recruiting people with Down syndrome to log into uh, projectunderstood.ca to provide voice samples in order to you know strengthen the voice technology uh, with Google. And so you were talking about coming up with the idea during uh, Canadian Down Syndrome Week. When is that, by the way? Yeah, so it happens every year, November 1st. So basically for the, fir- the first week in November is uh, Canadian Down Syndrome Week. So we like to, uh, we typically put out a, a larger awareness campaign to coincide with that. So we launched Project Understood um, November 1st, 2019. That's amazing. And you had mentioned FCB. I just want to clarify what that was. So FCB is a is a large advertising communications firm. Uh, they have various offices throughout the world. We connected with them in, in Toronto about five years ago, uh, given that you know my again, my background in, in marketing communications, and uh, you know felt that you know there's a great opportunity to again, raise awareness on some key issues and opportunities as it relates to Down syndrome and, you know, with the with the hopes of, of changing overall public perception. So, yeah, FCB has been a great partner throughout this whole process. Well, it's a brilliant idea. I mean, it's a, it's it's just wonderful. I, I wonder, um, didn't you guys fly to California and, and get a, a tour of some things? How did, how did things look? Yeah, well, Matt, what, what did you, what were your, some of your impressions when we went to California? Mostly, I was so impressed how it uh, looked at Google HQ. Um, I can't say enough. I'm speechless, really. Yeah, but it, there, you know, it was great to see uh, such an inviting environment. You know, obviously yeah, much warmer weather than what we were used to at that time of year. Um, but it was just great to speak to, um, you know, some of the folks that are that are involved in this project because because prior to that. All the conversations were obviously over the phone, and you know we we started going down the path of of, of doing some tests to see whether or not some from some voice samples from people with Down syndrome would be able to strengthen the the technology and, and have that you know the voice technology learn from that. So we did a small test, and Matt was part of the the group that did the test uh, prior to going to California. And then when we went to California, you know we we did find out that okay we can you know this. There is learning when when we're able to provide voice samples uh, from people with Down syndrome, and Matt did some more recordings down there. Met the team and really kind of put the path in place to begin recruiting people for this project. And for this AI to work, for Project Understood to really come into fruition, we need donated voices, correct? Yeah, uh, you know, to date we have just over 600 voices of people donated. Matt, can you speak to some of the phrases that you had to had to say as part of the uh, the project? So I remembered was like, I like a yo-yo today. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There was a whole bunch of sentences that people with Down syndrome would would record. In fact, one I guess I guess to complete your the the project for one person that it's it's 1,700 phrases. So that's a lot of phrases that could be completed obviously over multiple sittings. Yeah. So having 600 people, you know, participate where it's a big time commitment where you have to record 1700 phrases is a, is a big undertaking. We're just thrilled the the success to date. So, 
you know, it was really much a, a an awareness campaign in terms of, you know, participate in this project so that we can get ahead of the curve in terms of trying to shape voice technology. Because, you know, as we all know, voice will replace the keyboard when it comes to triggering the internet or technology or, or what have you. So instead of playing catch up or instead of not being able to take advantage of the of that technology, uh, we felt that this is great that we can help shape the technology so that it's usable to our community. Well, that is a big time commitment, but I think of it as like when you want to record your thumbprint on an iPhone, you have to do it several times and move your thumb around. And so this gets lets the AI really get a real sample of your voice and your different phrases. There's so many different phrases and sounds in in the human voice. Through this project, what have you seen? What have you learned from this project just personally? For me, first and foremost, the dependence of technology, not only for a typical person, but with someone with Down syndrome, if you look at someone like Matt, he relies on his phone and the internet for you know scheduling work and appointments and and communicating. So if a person like Matt isn't doesn't have the accessibility to use the technology, then it's it's very difficult. So you know, technology is supposed to be an equalizer. So the inputs to that technology needs to be workable for for everyone so just i've learned that because we rely on technology so much that those who can't use it the same as some others you really see the gap there well i can understand that as a dad that what i want for my child's future and and matt i see this as being something that is going to be able to be used uh, for you as well i'm assuming that there's really no timeline of this but depending on how many people we can get to donate their voices it's going to dictate uh, how long it takes for this technology to come out? Yeah. And, you know, we're just at the, you know, this is, I think there's lots to go when it comes to voice technology because, you know, we're just speaking English language, right? So there's all different languages out there, different speech patterns within communities. So like there's, there's lots to do still when it comes to voice technology in general. And again, we're just speaking in relation to Google, but there are many other platforms out there. So it's not something that, you know, it's going to be ready six months from now. It's just part of the, the long process. And, you know, we're just thrilled to be a part of it uh, at this stage of the, of the process. And we all want that tech to work better for everyone. And I think you're getting a lot of input from typical voices into AI all the time. So this is fantastic to have a select group like, like a group that we're so passionate about to be able to input those voices. Now, is it presently just English that's being uh, recorded? Yeah, right now it's English speaking and 18 years and older. That's criteria. Got it. Now I'll put links in the show notes of everything that people would need to donate their voice, but maybe you could just give the details of how someone that's interested in participating in this project could go ahead and do it. Yeah, so, you know, you would go to our website, projectunderstood.ca, there you'll see a very clear description of the project and, and you know, the steps involved in the project. Step one is, is clicking the Donate Your Voice button you know, to complete an interest form. You'll get an email from Google where you start recording some preliminary phrases. And then they take those preliminary phrases to see whether or not the technology is able to um, learn from that. And if so then you're getting the, the full login and uh, you're recording the, the phrases. 
Matt, can you tell us a little bit about your experience when you when you logged in and recorded the phrases? Anything you wanted to share with that? In the beginning, when I started doing my recordings, I like to like read it over before I recorded it because if I know what to say, what not to say, and how to uh, make sure my voice is clear enough so my group can pick up my voice. So yeah. Yeah, and we've heard some uh, instances where, you know, um, someone would have someone helping them in terms of, you know, perhaps if, if they weren't able to to hear or read the phrase, someone would read it to them and then they would... Uh, um, Maybe repeat it right after. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 flexible that way. But like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a longer process in terms of, you know, 1,700 phrases is a lot. Well, how long did it take you again, Matt, to do the it 700? It took me almost two and a half days. And you were going like all out all the time with it. You know, we've heard some instances where, you know, they've spread it out over a week or two. So, you know, it's, it's you can pick up where you left off and, and come back and forth as much as you want. Yeah. But projectunderstood.ca is the first step. Is the information that Google's receiving are they able to apply that as they go, or is it kind of upon completion that they'll be able to create a system? It's apply as you go. So it's just, you know, the the, the technology is always learning. It, it learns or it learns best through repetition and, and quantity. So, yeah, there isn't like a set number that we're waiting to, to, to hit before we, you know, then teach the technology to, to recognize all that. It's just, it's ongoing. Since you've begun this project, is there anything that you've learned that has changed what you think about or how you're creating the accessibility? Yeah, well, I guess when it comes to voice technology, right now it's all about the fun stuff, right? Accessing music, you know, movies, buy stuff, you know, check the weather, you know, it, it's it's the fun, entertaining stuff. But when you look at the at the future and what 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 can happen, you know, you could you know picture booking appointments or when there's driverless cars out there, you know, call you know speaking into your voice assistant, say hey hey whomever, you know, pick me up to take me to my job for shopping. Like there's just so much there. And then there's the two-way communication aspect where there's discussions and, and people numerous TED talks on this where they talk about vocal biomarkers where the the technology is able to understand through the tone of your voice or how your voice sounds whether or not you know you're ill so just picture you know waking up hi Google and oh hey Matt or hey Ed you sound stuffy today would you like to call a doctor like you can see where where, where it can go and and I guess another thing as as you know as I think about the future with this you know is is the is companionship. So I, and I think of my daughter and what, you know, and I hear of stories from other people who have Down syndrome. School, very inclusive, lots of activities, friends, lots of fun, lots of interactions and, and, and participation. But then as, as someone graduates from school, you know, things start to taper off a bit. And especially if, you know, your friends have moved on to school and you're not, you're not taking, you're not going to school or you're not working or whatever. So there's, there tends to be a dip when it comes to companionship. So not to say that this would replace humans, but if it becomes more of a two-way communication technology and it, it won't be one way. And, and, you know, I think that would 
contribute to fighting against someone feeling like they're isolated or, or lonely. So not to say that it would replace human voices, but there would be that two-way communication that I think would be highly beneficial. And maybe particularly in those Canadian winners. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you, how old are you, Matt? I am 30 right now. And so my question for you with technology is obviously there's been great leaps and bounds in technology over the last 30 years. How has technology changed your life and your experiences? I love technology, really. Um, seems to me that uh, I use it a lot. So mostly it changed my life because it's really helped me look for different recipes on cooking and stuff. So it's like telling me how I can be independent and it'll help me to learn that I can use and typing and then talking. Yeah, and just further to that, you know, having hung around with Matt and, and lots of people with Down syndrome in their late teens and, and early 20s, you know, the reliance on their phone is the same as, as a typical person. So it's staying connected. It, it's, it's looking for recipes. Like if that. I had a quick text to add, I just say to my phone to do a quick text to add. Instead of me just doing a big long text by hand, I just do my voice instead. Yeah, which is, you know, the same as any other typical person would want to communicate short to yeah. the point using text. So I don't see a difference. And there is just that reliance of technology to stay connected with friends and families as a key driver for this. Well, I guess the reason why I was so interested, Matt, in uh, what technologies and how they've changed for you is because our son Liam is 10 years old. And so our experience as parents uh, have, you know, we've fought for Liam's education. We're constantly advocating for equality mostly right now because he's 10 with his education. And one of the things that has always brought me hope was technology and how it's changing to equalize the the playing field for my son and, and the hope that what's out there, like uh, Ed, you had mentioned the self-driving cars that brings me joy to think about. So I wanted to try to understand or have a picture of uh, how that's changed for you just in, in your journey over the last 30 years. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess definitely for my activities for the day, having to keep track on things that uh, I might forget, it really helped a lot since I used my phone a lot. Oh, my computer. So, yeah. And and how would you feel if, you know, you didn't have your phone or the the internet connection was down. I'd be lost if I, if I don't have any technology. <laughs> well, that's true for so many of us, right? I mean, it's the world. To my point, it's the same as everybody. No, I love that. It, I love that it's opening so many uh, opportunities. Yeah, I just see it as the new trigger. Like, like, like I said, it replaces the keyboard. So, you know, when you always he- when you hear about the internet of things, where you know your refrigerator is going to be hooked up to the internet or or whatever, it's just it just seems like you know, as scary as technology may seem when you think about the future, I'm very hopeful that technology will allow my daughter to show all her abilities and, and her to be a, a fully contributing member of society the way she wants it to be. So, and that's, at the end of the day, 
that's what we all want. We want to be contributors to society. And, you know, if there is something that is able to level the playing field, then I'm all for it. Absolutely. It really does bring me so much hope with the technology and, and even just the changes that Liam has experienced, even with this um, homeschooling. I, I find that he's progressing more because he can go online and it, you know, today he signed up for summer school and the Down syndrome didn't even come into play until he logged in and the teacher saw them. So it eliminated all of the other uh, misconceptions that people might have and their want to put him in a certain box. Nobody, nobody knew. So he just jumped right in with everybody else, which I feel is how it should be. Yeah, I think you're going to we're going to find, you know, given the current situation with COVID-19 is that we're going to have a new normal. And I think even a greater reliance on technology in order to stay connected and to learn and to entertain and and communicate. So technology isn't going anywhere (laughs) and voice will be, in my opinion, the, the dominant trigger to that technology. Well, one of the first videos I saw uh, after learning about Project Understood was a video that you and Matt did, which was a virtual presentation to the UN, which was pretty fascinating and exciting, I I bet, for you guys. Specifically, Matt, can you tell me about that experience? It was a really good experience um, doing a virtualized uh, UN. I went year before to the UN in New York, so it was Fun doing it a different way because it's online. So it's fun recording it with Ed and our message that we sent gave a good impact through the project. Yeah, it was uh, unfortunate that we weren't able to go there in person to present you know, this project, but we were glad that we were able to participate via video. And yeah, as Matt said, he was there a few years back in person, actually communicating our, our first campaign. So it was just great to promote this campaign, this project on a global scale, you know, via the United Nations. So it's, you know, it's a personal thrill for me, obviously. And it's the second time around for Matt, so it's no big deal, I would assume, right, Matt? Been there, Same done that, way. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we had t- kind of touched on it before about perceptions of Down syndrome. What, what particularly do you think of as perceptions you'd like to change about Down syndrome? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, it's about people first. So, you know, when I think of my daughter or, or Matt, Down syndrome is a part of them, but it doesn't define who my daughter is or who Matt is. So, you know, it's really, you know, at a bare, at the the bare minimum is like, it's a person. We're all people. We're people first. And there are lots of different people out there with lots of different abilities. So before having my daughter and, you know, I didn't know much about Down syndrome, but, you know, the things that I probably thought about when I thought about Down syndrome were the the limitations or what a person with Down syndrome can't do since having my daughter and obviously, you know, meeting lots of people with Down syndrome like Matt and, and seeing their abilities has changed my perception that I need to focus on the abilities and there's lots of abilities and it's just a matter of 
raising the bar and, and giving them the opportunity to to reach those abilities. Sometimes people with Down syndrome need a little bit of help on certain things, just like anyone else. But you know, with the right resources and support, you know, they can conquer many of those challenges that they're often faced with and maybe weren't able to overcome in the past. So that's what you know this whole journey has taught me in terms of, of of you know people first and you know not only within the down syndrome community it's it's everyone and you know what we're going what we're seeing right now what we're going through right now in terms of um what's happening um uh, across uh, north america in terms of some of the protests echoes that you know we're all people we all should be treated equally with dignity respect and we need to be aware that you know there isn't one typical person there are lots of different people in this world yeah i love it yeah it's a, it's an amazing time because i i see true change and this is this is part of it this project matt do you have similar uh, thoughts in 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 what perceptions you may be breaking through with this project and just with your life yeah um, i know that we all might be different but we all can make a difference. And I'm always saying that every time because it is making a difference. We are people first, like Ed said. Um, I want people to see that uh, things that we can do and things that we can't do. And most of the things that we can't do, we can do. Matt, how often are people surprised when they find out that you live on your own? How often are people surprised when they find out that, you know, you've held the same job for is it 12 years now? Yep. Yeah. Or I don't know if you saw one, the, one of the videos for Project Understood, but, you know, Matt rides his, his bike to work to check his schedule and to work. And he was also riding one of the Google bikes at, uh, at the Google campus. And that surprised a lot of people. Again, it's just, you know, it's just changing the, the perceptions of, of what the people can that we do. can do stuff that we can do and stuff that we can change people's experience of what we can do. Well, I have, I've just enjoyed speaking to the both of you for so many reasons. I, I love what you're doing with Project Understood. Um, I, I think it was like a year and a half ago, Stephen was talking about technology and AI. And that was a big concern because as, as they were talking about, you know, getting voices into technology, he brought up what about um, AI advocacy for Down syndrome is what I wrote down in my in my goals was that was because I I'm kind of a tech guy and so I said that need there needs to be a representation for Down syndrome in AI. So we were so excited when we heard about your project because we know the advances of technology and and we know how technology opens up so many possibilities. Um, so on that level with your project, it's been great. And I love putting the information out there because I think it's a beacon of hope. And I think that the more hope we can get to other parents and, you know, um, adults living with Down syndrome and kids in school with Down syndrome, that, that's hope. That's, you know, the, there's, there's people on your side and we know what we can do. And 
And I love it. I love that the word is being put out there. And then on a personal level, to hear, Ed, your experience as another parent and your honesty, I appreciate it. Um, because being a parent, even just seeing you, you know, I'm four years down the line from you. I love, I always love to hear how things change. And when you're talking about having an inclusive classroom as a given, that makes me so happy because Liam's inclusive classroom was not a given and we had to fight really hard um, to, to make that happen. So I love that now, four years later, that's just something that happens. And Matt, Matthew, thank you so much for sharing because you give me so much hope as for my son uh, to know, you know, that you're out there and you're doing it. And what needs to happen is everybody needs to see and know that you're out there and you're doing it and everybody can be out there doing it. And, um, and it's the, having the support. And so I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing your stories because as a parent, it just, it makes me happy. It really does. And, you know, vehicles like your podcast allows Matt to tell his story and people hear Matt's story. So we're all in this together. Yep. Ed, Matt, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to with you today. Thank you very much for having us part of your podcast. Thank you for having us. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Come and talk.